Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Our premier uh, is in the United States right now. And I, I, I think this is something that Canadians have should have done a better job of over, over time. Uh, we've often talked about how we need to spread the message of, you know, what we can do with our, our energy in this part of the world and, you know, t- tell the good story. And the premier, to full credit, is doing that. He's uh, speaking to U.S. senators in Washington, D.C. this morning. Uh, it's part of that Senate's Committee on Energy and Natural Resources. He says, the U.S. relying on Alberta for oil and gas, well, that, that just makes sense. Last year, 13% of U.S. oil imports came from all OPEC countries combined and only 6% from Saudi Arabia. So Alberta supplies the U.S. with 10 times more oil than Saudi Arabia and five times more than all of OPEC. So we're already doing it, and he says, of course we are. It's a natural partnership. Senators, if you remember one thing from today's hearing, I hope it will be this, that the province of Alberta is by far the largest source of U.S. energy imports. U.S. energy security depends on Alberta, and Alberta can be a huge part of the solution to the problem of American energy inflation and the cost of living crisis. And the Premier, of course, pointing out that we've been given a fairly strong indication of, you know, how reliant some parts of the world are on oil from places that they shouldn't be reliant on. And he's talking primarily about Russia in this instance. Vladimir Putin's brutal invasion of Ukraine has proven the danger of allowing dictators to dominate global energy markets and weaponize oil wealth, using it to spread violence, instability, and terrorism around the world. And that's why we were, frankly, so taken aback when President Biden vetoed the Keystone XL pipeline. So Premier Kenny in Washington speaking to senators about oil and gas. We'll keep you updated on that. Uh, of course, tomorrow we're expecting to get the results of the UCP leadership review. So big day tomorrow. We've got the Battle of Alberta. We've got the UCP leadership review voting results. Uh, you know, the province definitely wrapped up in playoff hockey right now, uh, awaiting the start of the series. But um you know, if there's anything that can spark the passion of Albertans to a level remotely close to a battle of Alberta, it's politics, right? There, there's no question. Um, for better or worse, there's a whole bunch of people in this province who are diehard conservatives or are diehard not conservatives, and nothing, absolutely nothing, will change that. Bought the jersey, bought the ball cap, the foam finger, all of it. We're in behind that team 100%. Um, and so the parallels between sport and politics are fairly evident. And Maybe there's some lessons that politicians can learn from what's happening in terms of playoff hockey right now that we're all paying attention to. And to walk us through these comparisons, this will be a fun interview. We're going to chat with Erica Barudis, who is the vice president of Western Canada for Enterprise Canada, a national strategic communications firm. Erica, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. There really are a lot of parallels when you take a look at the world of sport and the world of politics. I mean, the parallels exist if you look not even all that hard, right? Oh, exactly. And I mean, I think that they can generally apply to how we live our lives. But I thought it was I wrote an op-ed earlier this week and felt it was very timely. And and, um, as mentioned, Alberta is always exciting, whether it's politics or in this case, uh, playoff hockey. So So if you're a leader, a political leader in the province of Alberta, we know that uh, we've got the province wrapped up with the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. If you're taking a look at possible lessons to be learned from 
playoff hockey, what would they be? What's the first thing that you can point to and say, hey, pay attention here, leaders? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is uh, bench strength matters. So we've seen, you know, pretty intense games. I mean, Stanley Cup playoffs, you're you're intensely involved and the game's turnaround time is is pretty quick. So, you know, the biggest thing is for them to to kind of look at it like hockey team does. And you got to keep those legs fresh. Um, and and you got to nurture that talent um, in some of the younger players to make sure that your captain and your fourth liners are are ultimately a team. Yeah, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Everybody's got a job to do, right? Exactly. Yeah, everyone's got to show up to practice. Everyone's got to look out for one another. Um, rookies have got to earn their spot, but still should always feel as part of the team. And it's about the team goal, not the individual. Exactly. And you, and you have to work together as a team to achieve that goal. No one person is going to get it done. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we all have a, we all know the, you know, the key players on each team. And I think that goes for politics as well. But when it comes to it, you know, late nights of the legislature or, um, you know, a power play, you gotta have, have people or yes, the playoffs, you gotta have people ready to step up. Um, Another point that you make in the op-ed that I thought was really interesting, penalties are costly. We know they are in hockey. We know that you don't want to put the other team on the power play, but they, they can hurt in politics too. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think uh, Alberta is definitely a place where we have a little bit more action maybe than most. And yeah, I live here, but I do think that we seem to to make the news nationally a little yes, bit more. Too. So, um, you know, uh, you know, putting yourself in the penalty box, uh, taking, you know, an unnecessary slash, you know, ultimately doesn't hurt, help the team as a whole. So it's, you know, let's again, play as a team. Don't be selfish. And, you know, I mean, ultimately, in in this world of, of politics, and you know, heading into an election next year, every every minute matters. Yeah, exactly. You got to be on top of your game. Um, when we talk about, and you make a really great point in the piece, saying, you know what, you've got to you got to stay focused on your game. And we see this happen with politicians at every level. Um, opponents can throw them for a loop. And if you if you've been around hockey at all, you know, coaches will say it doesn't matter. We play the same. Every game of the year, every shift of the game, it doesn't matter. We're focused on what we're doing, not what the opponent's doing. That's a lesson that politicians could really, really take to heart. Oh, definitely. I think we can say that the Oilers and Flames both got, uh, you know, were successful in their seventh game because of, you know, things like their bench strength, but also they controlled the game. Yeah. They played their style um, and, and they didn't worry about their opposition, even if they were taken, you know, like the Flames, a heck of a lot of shots. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. And we see that in politics so much is getting into the weeds, getting into the nasty. And it's more about, you know, talk about your track record, stay high level, um, talk about what you're going to do as government, as opposed to, you know, trying to respond or react to, to what your opponents are doing. And ultimately, if you want people to show up and support the team, you've got to give them something to support, right? I mean, and when we're talking about fans, when we're talking about the Oilers and Flames, but when you're talking about politicians, it's the voters they have to be paying attention to. Oh, for sure. I mean, like I said in Alberta, we, we seem to make the news to remind them uh, of the two, you know, head political parties here in Alberta. But, you know, you're always going to have your diehards. Um, and if you, you know, I had the opportunity to go to, to Game 7 in uh, Edmonton, and I can tell you, I think there was probably a handful of people without jerseys on. Yeah. Uh, same as it looked for, for the Flames game. So, you know, I think we do have, like you said earlier, a lot of loyalists to their political parties. Yeah. Um, but again, you, you can't assume that people are just going to come out and vote for you. You got to tell them, you know, what what you've done or what you're going to do, and how that impacts everyone's life. 
And, you know, everyone likes some action. So, um, and, it, and and one of the big things is that it can't just happen, you know, in the playoffs. You got to do it all off season as well and make sure that in that case, in the political arena, you're engaging with your constituents, you're talking about what you've either done or would do um, in government and, and keep that conversation both ways. Because like I said, you can never assume that those people are going to be your fans uh, on election day. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Erica, great piece. Thanks so much for walking us through it. I appreciate it. 